This time on Slaughterhouse Princess, Chillerama. I couldn't find a tagline. You got Hotline to back at you with more of those pro-life tips. Are you tired of cleaning yourself after you defecate? All you gotta do is eat a small, large amount of toilet paper, and you'll clean yourself out every time you go. Welcome to Slaughterhouse Princess. I'm Chris. See, aren't you proud? I'm Hotlanta. I'm not not proud. I'm proud. Proud. And there is no Troy. There is no Troy. And I'm not at Chris's house. Yeah. All kinds of crazy things are happening. I'm at my own house. I'll probably have to yell at my cat several times because... She likes to claw at doors, so I yell at her. Does it stop her? No. But I still yell. That's the important thing. But for now, she's just sitting in the corner being bewildered by a floor bench, so all is well. And we watched Chillerama. Rama. Chillerama. Thank you. As recommended to us by Troy himself. Ah. It's a Troy. I was wondering who recommended this. I believe he watched it out of his horror prescription subscription thing. Oh. Oh, the little box thing that he got. Yeah. I remember. I remember Troy telling us about his box. Lol box. (laughs) And this is one of them, uh, them anthology movies. Yep. It had many movies throughout the movie. It were several smaller movies crammed into one big movie. Which turned out to be a big, big movie. Which was a bigger movie that was part of a big movie. Yeah. This thing weighs in at a hefty two hours. It does. Right on the nose, IMDb says. And we start off. So yeah. Yeah. Starting off. We start this off. This is going to go so smoothly. It's going to be great. And we're at. Uh, Don't cut each other off more than usual. That's the important thing. Cutting you off. And we start in a in a graveyard. Ah. Where that man dug up his wife. Yeah. And uh, this movie lets you know exactly what it's all about right away. Which is being... right to the chase. Being in poor taste. Sometimes more poor taste than others. Always in poor taste. And uh, he's dug up his wife... So he can reasons get some deadhead. He says, "Yeah, not my words, the movie's words." Yes, that'll be something that we say a lot. Not my words, the movie's words. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's going to come up, especially in a couple of these segments. And uh, his wife wakes up as a some sort of zombie now and bites his wiener off. She never liked to take it on the face. The Yikes. man said. The man said. And uh, he gathers the what's left of his uh, bits and tackle. A lot of blue stuff coming out of him. It was an awful lot of blue stuff. Too much blue stuff. Way more than the regular amount of blue stuff you'd anticipate. And then, then the movie went from black and white to color. Yeah. And we meet up with uh, the jump to conclusions guy. Yep, that's the only name that I can come up with, with for him is the jump to conclusions guy. And he's running the drive-in theater on its last day, I think. And he's running on prescription medicine and liquor and lots of suicide. Yeah. And he's talking to his poster of Orson Welles saying how he's going to check out. But first, he's got to run the last night of the movies. And he's showing a whole bunch of schlock garbage. One more movie night. And uh, the man with the the bit peen shows up late to work. Peen. Yeah, which, you know, why why would you dig up your wife's corpse directly before going to work? That seems like an after work thing. It seems like it would be a, a bit of, a, you know, a, a kind of a go either way job. So, yeah, you think you do that after work. But this guy, he... he yeah. He wanted to get it done. He had to run an errand before work. That's one way to put it. And he uh, he looks like, you know, a zombie. You know, because the zombie bite. And the uh, jump to conclusions man sends him off to go help in the concession stand because he definitely looks like he should be around food. Yep. I've never seen the guy before this, but I definitely wanted touching my food. And we cut out to the the drive-in area where all the cars are. I don't know what the technical term for that would be. Uh, car, car place? Yes. And we meet up with a trio who are watching the film. Guy, girl, and other guy. Yep. Backseat guy. Yeah, backseat, 311, and hat girl. Yeah. We call her that because she was wearing a hat. It's true. And they're uh, chatting a little bit. Seems that, uh... It seems that backseat is sweet on hat girl. And 311 shirt is sweet on lady that works at concessions but he never spoke to her. Yeah. On account of he's awkward. True. And is it the, do, do we do a movie first or does he go into the concession stand first? I don't remember already. Uh, well we meet with uh, the guy's dickhead brother. Yeah. Meet him first too. He's in car with Lady. And I think. I believe we go into. First movie first. 
That sounds reasonable. Yeah, 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 because she has to... Yes, they go into the first movie first. Uh, Wadzilla. Yeah, which is, you know, pretty much exactly... Godzilla, but a wad. Yeah, what if Godzilla was a was a single sperm? We've all asked that question. Yeah, that's why it's so identifiable. So, uh... Oh, we got- and I mean all of these all of these vignettes are 20 minutes long ish so there's not a not a lot of substance to them you can pretty much uh, sum them up in like a sentence but we have to sum them up in at least 15 to 17 sentences. Yeah. You know, for the length of a podcast. So, man, he's having uh, trouble. He was denied access to uh, donate sperm. So he goes to see the peen doctor. Dr. Ray Weiss. Yeah. And uh, turns out that. While most people have a whole bunch of little sperms, he got one big, slow sperm. Yeah, the little ones were fast. His one was slow. Yeah. Not good. But the doctor says, don't worry. He's got an experimental treatment that's just what the doctor ordered, the doctor being him. A big old can of radiation sitting right behind the medicine. That's how you know it's going to work good. An experimental drug. So our, our our man, he uh, he takes some over breakfast the next day, and heads to work on the train with his buddy, the guy who's with him. He was eating a cereal that was described on the box as sugar coated holes. I do love a good sugar coated hole, but don't we all? Train buddy, no. Train buddy mentions that his wife has divorced friend that needs a date. Yeah, and he's uh, he's hesitant, but he agrees to said blind date. And then Cleaver's lady shows up. Yeah, and she uh sits down next to Sperm Man. She has an unlit cigarette that needs lit. Yeah. But he's going to help her out with that. But gets uh, caught up in looking at her cleavage. And then has a bit of an episode. Where it hurts his uh, groin area when he becomes aroused. His parts. Yeah. So later, that day... After the painful arousal. Well, no, doesn't he, uh... He claims that he has a twisted vein in his testicles, I think. Yeah. Then he, uh, goes to meet up with the divorcee lady. On their little date. And... Has trouble again when he becomes aroused and decides that he's going to, uh, you know, handle his business. 
for medical well, that's reasons. What doc, that's what Dr. Dr. Ray Wise said to do. Yeah. If he feels he has business, he's to handle it. Yeah, so he does. And out comes a uh, rather sizable sperm. When we say rather sizable, we mean, you know, I don't know, like the size of your pinky? That doesn't seem right. No, that was in the doctor's office. Yeah, that was the first time. I'm so sorry. This one is like the size of a, a small dog? Yeah. It's house pet sized. House pet sized. I like it. House pet for scale. And it starts going uh going wild. Running a muck in the bathroom. Yeah. And he thinks that he's managed to uh, capture it and drown it in the toilet. But he didn't. And he leaves, and his uh, date is like, what's going on in there? Yeah, she got freaked out and called her friend to ask her what the hell kind of maniac she was set up with. Yeah. But he explains to her. like, nah, he's got a twisted testicle. Yeah, he's, it's, it's a medical problem. Yeah. But then the giant sperm escapes and heads directly for her uh, anatomy. Because that that's what a sperm wants. A sperm, a sperm is just looking for an egg. You know what I'm saying? It knows. And uh, it escapes after they uh, fight it off. And is now Sometimes loose in the town. Fight your large sperm until it flees. We've all been there. I have not. Some of us have been there. I think based on this conversation, just you. One of us has been there. Chris has been there. Don't say one of us. I like the mystery. I do not. I don't want to be roped in with you. Nah, roped. <laughs> and uh, so the the sperm is on the prowl in the town. It uh comes across a lady, hat, and uh her dog, and she's on the phone. On the couch, I suppose. <laughs> and uh, it eats her dog, and then her. Like they do? Yeah, you know. It, 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 and it gets bigger as it consumes things. A lot bigger. And then it, uh... It eats... Then we cut to the uh, the homeless guy, right? Yeah. Where he's got his awfully fresh tomato, a rotisserie yep. chicken, and I think what looks like a moldy pizza. Mm-hmm. And one of his uh, fellow houseless peoples, uh, the lady from Kingpin, if I recall. Yeah, the landlord from Kingpin. Asperse. She's in a a lot of movies. That's true. You gotta eat. I mean, make that that paper, etc. and so forth. And, uh, she wants some rotisserie chicken and her homeless compatriot 
offers her half for a good old fashioned handy jammer. And she's like, eh, maybe, but it's too late because the giant sperm turns up and bites her head off? Uh, well, it bites that guy in half, at least. Ah, bites the guy in half, and then it ate her in the dumpster. Yeah, and you see half of the guy running. And I don't mean anything that I just said is a euphemism. It consumes her while she is in a trash receptacle. Yeah. And keep in mind, at this part of the movie, you can't go more than, like, four words without making a joke about semen. It's true. It's uh, fucking exhausting after a while. After a short while. I mean, credit where credit's due for making a 20-minute long sperm joke, I guess, but... I mean, I don't think I could do it, because why would I attempt it, much less commit it to film? Come up with that many different sperm jokes for 20 minutes. I've got, like, maybe four minutes of sperm jokes at best. <laughs> my my tight five on sperm. Maybe five. It's if I talk slow. So, uh... We, uh, we cut to a newscast that, uh... Well, the sperm man and his date are out walking around, just trying to have a good time. And uh, they see his sperm on the news as they're walking past the television store, which I guess used to be a thing. This you is gotta set- give credit to Divorcee Lady because she still went out with this guy after all that stuff happened. Yeah, I, I probably wouldn't have. I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm going to cut this date short on account of, you know, that giant sperm tried to get inside of me. Sperm me up. But no, she was okay enough with it to where they continued their date. Yeah. And uh, they see on the news how the sperm is attacking. And it's like flipping over cars. They've called in the army. The... Yeah. Because of course it was. Why not? And their plan... Is he was also a big time actor, Eric Roberts. I know I've seen him in things. Also true. And they're in New York City. Get a rope? Yes. And they come to the conclusion that, of course, a giant sperm is going to go after the biggest lady in New York, which is the Statue of Liberty. She has tassels and twerking. Yeah, the giant sperm sees her as uh, some sort of stripper. Or I'm sorry. Exotic dancer? Is that better? I don't know. Troy's not here to keep us. Troy would yell at you. I mean, that's fair. So uh, they put a giant condom over the Statue of Liberty, which is going to something. I'm not 100% sure what the plan was there. I hate to say it, but I'm on the same page as Chris as this one. I really don't know what their end game was with uh, putting the giant prophylactic on the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I guess they were going to have it inside the statue inside of that, and then it wouldn't be able to get out because condoms? But then it turned out to just be a joke about the condom ripping. Yeah. 
So they come up with plan B, which is basically explode it with bombs. That's where I like my jokes. All punchline with no reasonable setup. And uh, they explode the sperm, and it goes all over everything. Everything. There was so much. Yeah. And um, that's that's pretty much it. They made the joke about not get kissed on the mouth with all the sperm on the face, and yeah, yeah. And then it says the end question mark. I guess. Yep. And I'm glad that that question mark was a lie, and it really was the end of that segment. Yeah. So that's one down. Yep. Back to the wraparound. And this is where 311 shirt goes to get concessions. Yes. And he wants to go try to make time with his lady that he can't talk to. Yeah. Who talks exclusively in like 50s slang? I guess so. Because I'm, you know, I was alive for the last four months of the 70s. So I don't know. I'll just take your word for that one. Feels like a risky move, but I'll still do it. And uh, they're they're flirting back and forth. He's getting popcorn and the like, but she runs out of popcorn butter. And for some reason, the uh, the guy that got his genitals bit off is masturbating in the concession stock room. Yeah, directly into the popcorn butter. Doesn't seem like that would help. I mean, I guess it can't hurt at that point. Can't it, though? Uh, maybe. It would, you'd almost think it would have to. There, plus, there, what, what, there, there's nothing to get at. I mean, he was getting at it, though. You gotta give him that. Yeah, but, but at what? I don't say it. The hanging fleshy bits. There you go, and the blue stuff. Yeah, mostly blue stuff from the looks of it. Almost entirely blue stuff. So she uh, gets the popcorn butter full of blue stuff. and Yeah, because if I work in food and I know the rule is you only use cans that have no lids or labels. Yeah, also they have to not look at all like the thing they're supposed to be. Absolutely not, because that butter was alarmingly clear. And alarmingly blue afterwards. Too much blue clear butter. And she uh, disperses said blue clear butter all over everyone's popcorn. You know, because it's good. Yeah. Neat. Real quick, though. uh, Wadzilla, the special effects guys, were the special effects guys from Killer Crowns from Outer Space. And they also did the puppets for Critters, Ernest Scared Stupid, and Team America. Wild. I didn't just read that off the internet. No, you knew that. I could tell by yeah. the way you said it. Yeah. Information I had in my head. I was just holding on to it for just this podcast. I've known it for so long, and I've been waiting almost 400 episodes to that. One day... One day it'll it'll all be worth it, he says. One day this will be relevant. I need to know this. That day and I did, it, and here we are. Is now. The day came 
Yeah. Eh, Wadzilla joke. So anyway, he he retrieves the popcorn. They agree to go on a date. Yep, the popcorn was for Dickhead Brother. Yeah. So Dickhead and Brother gets his popcorn. Red vines and cokes. Uh, we see a couple other people in out in the the car place. We see a married couple. Who, who the lady's breastfeeding the baby. Yeah. And that that's really it. That's about it. That's yeah. on to the next one. Then we go back to uh, Jump to Conclusions guy. And he starts introducing the next movie. Which, boy, I'm going to let you talk about this one the most. Because how? <laughs> yeah, the next one is I Was a Teenage Wear bear. Yep. And um Yeah, choices were made. For sure during during this one. We chose to finish watching this segment. So we start up with uh two youths. A making young man it, and a young lady making out in the back of a van with a bunch of pictures of greased up muscle guys. Mm-hmm. I think there was like one picture of a lady and then a bunch of pictures of greased up muscle guys. Yeah. And uh, so just, I thought to myself, that's a bit of a head scratcher, but sure. And uh, just as uh, they were getting ready to seal the deal, the guy's little brother shows up and knocks on the door just as the girl is getting topless. Then his, his dad shows up. Yeah, his dad shows up and thanks the girl for uh, taking care of his son, more or less? Sexually? Yeah, that was fine. That was uh, that stuff that happens to people. Yeah, and he just stood there making unbreaking eye contact with them. He was looking at something. Yeah, definitely. And then, uh, since the moment was spoiled, they they stopped doing their thing. Then they bust in the musical number. Yeah. Bust. There are several musical numbers throughout this one. Yeah, I was... You know what? It was it was my they weren't my least favorite of all the musical numbers we've had throughout this podcast. It was no Cannibal the Musical or uh, Tokyo Tribes, but it was okay. What is Tokyo Tribes besides Tokyo Tribes, though? That movie was beautiful. It really is. That's art, sir. So is Cannibal the Musical. And I don't recall exactly what happened. I may have uh, had to get up at some point repeatedly throughout this. But somehow... Not me. Somehow the, the lady friend gets her head split open. Um, There was... She just got hit by a car. This car came flying through and you could see 
quick shot of mannequin head getting smashed into a car. And then she proceeds for the rest of the movie to have this giant leaking head wound. Yeah. And she's all kind of googly eyed and just kind of, yeah. She's not doing well. I mean, she's alive, but why? Yeah. And uh, all the local school kids are there. Uh, the like jock guys all bully the the van guy for reasons. Yeah. Ricky. I don't have any idea. I have this information in front of me. Ah, I refuse to look. And uh, they're all being mean to him on account of he is a presumed homosexual. Yeah. Which is a reoccurring theme in this one. That's when I realized what they meant by werebear. Yeah. And then, uh... Three people hit the scene. Three other youths. And Van Man is entranced by the the head of the, the group there. The boss. Main guy. The leader, I guess? I don't know. Whatever. The head werebear are the words in front of me. Yes. And, uh... They kind of talk for a second. You can tell that Van, Van Guy is into him. And then we cut over to the wrestling part of the beach. It's like, yeah, it's a high school wrestling, but it's on the beach for some reason. Yeah. And uh, Van Guy and Jock Guy are wrestling. Van Guy manages to win, but it's only because Jock Guy was distracted by women. The cheerleaders. He didn't pay me. Yeah, I mean, he did. But He did. Yeah. And then out of nowhere, the werebears show up. And he bites Van Guy on the butt. Yeah. Kind of. Yes, yeah, so he bites bites him on the butt through the clothes, but doesn't puncture them. But doesn't go. He just kind of wipes his teeth on his shorts. Yeah, but that's enough. That's, that's all it takes to get turned into a werebear. Yeah. And I think it directly before this. He, he, or right after, I don't recall. At some point in, around here, he, Van Guy has taken his busted up girlfriend to meet with the doctor? I, we gotta touch on the part though where, uh, as punishment for the guy biting the guy in the butt, literally everyone there has to run, was it a mile or five miles or something? Oh yeah, three miles, everybody. Three miles. Wrestlers, spectators. spectators. Yeah, cheerleaders. Everybody had to go. They just started walking towards the water. Implying that everybody there had to run three miles because the guy bit the guy on the butt. I mean, they were that's there. That's funny to me. They were. That's their problem now. And uh, he takes head wound over to see the doctor 
question mark. Massive head wound actress. And uh, she she's just gonna kind of hang out with her for the rest of the the runtime here. Like head wound, she's funny. Her eyes don't go the same directions, and she just kind of says nonsense. Yeah. And the occasional slur. And the the werebears walk by, and the doctor correctly identifies them as werebears. He's seen it before. Yeah. Uh, band guy has a musical number, but is interrupted by the coach, who uh says he knows what the problem is with band guy, and he knows what he needs, and what that he is. The same problem. Yeah. And coach uh, tries to go for it. For the fellatio. Yep. And uh, this enrages Van Guy, who's werebear. smashes his head like a cantaloupe with his knees. Yeah, using his werebear powers. And the other werebears show up, and they're like, Hey, we'll help you out. Don't worry. You're one of us now. You're a werebear or whatever. And uh, when the werebears transform, they turn into... um, Bears, but not like bears, the animal, but bears like, you know, hairy, overweight gay guys. Yep. And uh, they're wearing leather in the whole, the whole thing. Imagine the, the, like, most stereotypical way you could play that joke, and that's how they played it. And uh, they try to bring Van Guy into the fold, but he refuses because he does. He wants to coexist with the regular people. He doesn't want to fight and make it bad for everybody. Why can't we all just be cool, man? They want to fight, eat people. Yeah. And uh, this all culminates at the luau or whatever the fuck it is. Little beach party they're having. And uh, they're playing some rock and roll music. And then the werebears show up and play their rock and roll music and then turn into werebears and start eating everybody. And in order to save the day, Van Guy looks at a picture of Ron Jeremy and... uh cranks his hog, and that turns him into a werebear, because, sure, why the fuck not? This is a picture of Ron Jeremy going to do to you. Uh, not that, personally. How many pictures of Ron Jeremy do you have to look at? Enough to know that that's not my bag. Oh, I don't have any. I guess I'm out of the loop. Well, how is she going to know if you're a werebear? Oh, I guess I have some work to do now. So, uh, he turns into a werebear, shows up with a silver bat, and, uh, says, hey, man, like, we can all be cool and get along, and the other werebears are like, nope. King of the werebears is like, nah, family. Yeah. So they start attacking the, the people, uh, Van Guy loses his bat, the doctor lady gets the bat, and beats the guys with it which turns them back 
from werebears to normal people? The normal bears. Yeah. And, uh, as the king of the werebears and van guy in werebear form are fighting, the doctor throws the bat, which has now been turned into a giant silver dildo, and he sodomizes uh, the king of the werebears to death. It was the only way. Yeah. And then... that That's done now, I guess. Weird. And, yeah, that was pretty much about the whole thing. Now we're back in a uh, country. Yes. Where uh, Kit goes dickhead up. Dickhead brother. Well, yeah, dickhead brother. He's um. He was eating popcorn and getting flighted by his date, and he's clearly turning into a zombie. Yeah. Along with other people. Well, they're not getting filleted per se, but they are turning into zombies. Probably from the popcorn. Yeah. Uh, backseat Kid goes to talk to Jump to Conclusions Man. Because I guess he's like a mentor or something to him. Ah, gotta have a mentor for something. Yeah. And he's uh, getting some Real good life lessons from uh, Jump to Conclusions, man. As he's getting ready to fire up the the next film. Which is um, The Diary of Anne Frankenstein. It is. Quite possibly my favorite. It is my favorite of all the... Uh pieces within this thing. Yeah. It's a black and white. World War II setting. And we we open up with uh some people in uh like a shack kind of a thing. And they're all hiding the book because they can't let Hitler get the book. from Dr. Victor Frankenstein. And then who should appear but Hitler? And this is all... Grandma's boy Hitler. This is all German with subtitles, except for Hitler, who I don't think speaks any German on purpose. No, I mean, maybe... He says nine a couple of times, but... Yeah. Other than that, it's all... He says Oshkosh the gosh, and I think uh, there's some other stuff that I don't recall, but yeah, Oshkosh the gosh is the only one that really sticks in my mind. Uh, yeah. Well, he does. He does say he did, like Star Wars characters for a while. Oh yeah, I remember he said Salacious Crumb. Yeah, but anyway, so uh, Hitler shows up and busts in, demanding the book. They they lie, say they don't have the book. It's they pinky the swear on it with Hitler. Hand, right hand behind the back. Yeah. Uh, Hitler demands they pinky swear to show that they're not lying. But then he just shoots him and takes the book. 
Patrick J.P. Hitler. So uh, back at Hitler's office, he's got the book. He also has an incomplete puzzle of puppies. Yeah. His wife is there. Uh, who uh, makes eyes and or more things at every dude she can find. She makes lots of stuff with lots of dudes. Yeah. Uh, he gets a delivery of delicious body parts so he can make his ultimate weapon thanks to the book because he needed the book to, you know, finish the, the monster. So the, he constructs said monster which is a uh, code name Mushugana. Because it is like a giant rabbi, Frankenstein. Played by Kane Hodder. Yeah. And he uh, manages to bring it to life after his wife was in the other room uh, sucking dudes off. I like Mushugana's Popeye like forearms. Yeah, there's a lot of staples. Uh, Hitler teaches him various things like how to walk. Growl. Growl, which he like meows the first time. They're kind of purrs. Yeah, which is pretty funny. And then um, when he tries to get him to, to kill one of the his fellow officers, he just uh, won't do it but then decides to kill everyone. Flips over the puppy puzzle. That was very upsetting to Hitler. It was. Uh, he takes out the the one Nazi by choking him with a dreidel, and then there's a bit where they're yelling, where Hitler and his wife are yelling uh, forever. And becoming less and less interested with it as it's taking this dude forever to die, which is a good bit. Uh, the other Nazi gets choked and thrown into a table after he jumps on him, but not before. Okay, so the guy jumps on Mushugana's back, turns into a dummy, is flung around. When he does get flung off of the Mushugana through a table, he turns into a completely different guy. Oh, yeah, he turned into a black guy, and he was pissed off about what just happened. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? And then huh? uh, the other guy shows back up, and Mashuga nah, crushes him. He kills Hitler's wife by popping her eyes out of her head. Yep, that's how I want to go. <laughs> we could all be so lucky. And uh, Hitler runs off, locking the monster in that room. But the monster just goes around like the set wall, which I thought was funny, yeah, that, and I don't know that why. Was great, because it was hilarious. And then they have their uh, their struggle, and they uh, fall through another wall back into the original set where he got the book from. 
And then I think I had to wander off again for unrelated to podcast reasons and don't remember how this ends. Uh, I was here the whole time, but I also don't remember how it ended. So it's over. I don't know. Hitler loses. That's the important thing. Fuck Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. And now we're back in wraparound. Uh, things are starting to get pretty zombie-ish out there. Because of all the zombies. Yeah. And, uh, Hat Girl goes looking for Backseat Boy. Backseat All right. And 311 shirt is still out in the car. He sees what's going on, so he hides in the car, proclaims himself to be the final girl. He sure did. And uh, he seems kind of excited about it. Uh, Hat Girl meets up with Backseat Boy. They proclaim their love for one another. Just as uh, the next movie starts to roll, which is, oh god, what was it? Defecation or something? It was called Defecation. And it starts out with the warning from the guy that basically says, if you watch this movie, you're going to poop all over the place whether you want to or not. Yeah, you're going to shit uncontrollably. Because of what you see in this movie. And then we get to spend like, what? Two or three minutes of just the foulest poop jokes you could ever imagine. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. Poop flying everywhere, dog eats poop, everybody eating poop, everybody's pinching poop on themselves. All the poop. And Chris and I were both like, oh, cool, 20 minutes of this. Yeah, I was super excited. And by that, I mean, not at all. I was worried about pooping. I demanded Chris buy a new couch, but he said he wasn't going to. So, um, thankfully, that is cut short when the the projector starts acting up and Backseat Boy is like, huh, that's not like jump to conclusions, man. We should go see what, check on him. what's happening up there. And they head up there and, uh, the very first zombie man from earlier who caused all this trouble is attacking him. He uh shoots him. They try shooting him in the head, but it doesn't work, so they shoot him in the dick. Because, you know, of course they did. We have to shoot the zombie. What the fuck was that? We have to shoot the zombies. And uh, Backseat Boy and... Hat girl both have a gun and they're gonna go see what's going on outside. While I got uh, a gun, let's go to a Broadway show. And uh, jump to conclusions, man shows us that he's got a arsenal in the movie theater for some reason. Are you hearing that? No. No, I don't know what that is. Just the craziest noise happening outside of my apartment. Cool. It's fine, probably. It's probably fine. Or not. This has got to be one of the two. 
It's true. This isn't nearly as terrifying as the last time we had to do podcasts from home, from my home. I'm not scared of a dog. That's true. There is no scary dogs yet. Nope. Uh, hopefully not in the apartment anyway. I mean, I got my cat dumb, but she's not scary. Fair. Just like Chris. So where where were we? Uh, the guy got his arsenal. Oh yeah, guy is arsenaled up. We uh, cut to outside, and it's turned into some sort of bizarre zombie sex fest. Yep, they're doing all the pieces of torso. Yeah, and you know about every off-putting version of uh sex could you could think of is happening like it is they're uh they're people fucking the upper and or lower parts of people heads sometimes both limbs sometimes it's not even zombies doing it there was one guy doing the floor in the concession area yeah and uh 311 shirt decides like this is this is time I'm gonna make my move I'm the final girl I'm gonna go save my uh my lady friend and we're gonna get out of here so he uh makes a break for the concession stand but not before taking the time to beat his brother in the head with a crowbar a couple of times sometimes you got it that guy deserved it yeah, he sucked so uh, he makes his way in, goes to rescue a concession girl, but they can't get back out to the car, so they barricade themselves in the concession area. But turns out that the concession girl got turned. It starts making her zombie-based uh, sexual advances towards him. And then starts biting chunks out of his neck. Yeah. And then we cut back to Hat Girl and Backseat Boy, who are now trying to escape, you know, shooting zombies. That whole bit. And there's still, you know, ridiculous zombie sex nonsense happening. All around them. Yeah. Uh, the... The married couple from earlier, the the wife, like, pulls her husband's dick completely off and then sucks it, which is kind of funny in the stupidest possible way. It was kind of funny in the stupidest possible way. Uh, they're, uh, they're trying to fight their way to the car, but they're running low on ammo. So Hat Girl and Backseat Boy are getting ready to just shoot each other. Or there's only one bullet, so they're going to put their heads real close and then shoot through both of them. Yeah, kind of like the mist, but not as depressing. Yeah, with way more zombie fucking. Right, there was none of that in the mist. And uh, just when all hope seems lost, Jump to Conclusions Man shows up with a shotgun and some grenades and every fucking one-liner he can think of from a movie... Hospital abuse to baby. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Uh, get to the chopper. 
Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Yeah. They're all there. And, uh, he manages to buy them enough time to get to the car, so they lock themselves in the car, but he is overcome by zombies. But he does explode a bunch of them. Yelling some dumb shit. I forget what. Uh, I don't remember either. So, uh, back in the car, it won't start, of course. It's a horror movie. Why would the car start? And, uh, backseat boy proclaims how he's a virgin. And since he said that earlier, right. But if they're going to die anyway, then they might as well fix that issue. And give the zombies a show. Yeah. Which I mean, did you not see what those guys were doing? You're a virgin. Those guys were like, that's varsity level shit. They were up to. What are you going to do, kid? What are you going to teach them? Yeah, what could you possibly show them that they weren't doing with severed arms and two other people a minute ago? You're lucky. And, uh... The, uh... The camera kind of pulls back and it turns out this was a movie. All of the movie was a movie. It was a movie in a movie. In a movie. Yeah. All so, the movies were a movie. Yeah. Within the movie. So these people in this theater were watching the movie we just watched, man. And we get to watch the four writers of the movie and Ray Weiss for some reason discussing their feelings on the movie. Uh, also, the E.T. is a plant. Yeah, I, I gotta go watch, go back and watch E.T., I guess. That sucks, but <laughs> I gotta see if E.T. was a plant. I don't understand that part. And uh, that's pretty much it. That wraps it up. In a tidy little package. Neat little package. So, Hotlanta, what do you think? Well, this was weird because it was two hours long. I enjoyed it. Um, the Diary of Anne Frankenstein was definitely the best part. You got to see JP from Grandma's Boy play ridiculous Hitler. Kane Fodder playing ridiculous Meshuggah. Uh, the whole thing was great. The creature work on Wadzilla was awesome. And okay, I didn't know all that stuff about the people that did the effects for Wadzilla. But that it made sense because the effects were too good for the segment. The work looked familiar, like I'd seen similar work before, and that makes sense, the, the killer clown stuff and all that. And uh, Teenage Werebear was entertaining, but it was something. Definitely something. Lots of uh, lots of reading can be done about the teenage werebear segment. But no, I liked it. These these writers set out to uh, make their visions come to life, and boy, they did. So yeah, it was a 
if you want to watch the goofiest, most over-the-top, sometimes nauseating shit that you can possibly imagine, I could wholeheartedly recommend Chillerama. If you don't want to watch that, I can't recommend Chillerama. So, for the right audience, it was lit. For sure. Troy, what do you think? Um, well, he actually put his thoughts into, uh, somewhere. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah, man, that's so much reading, though. That's up to you. I'm trying to find it. Somewhere, but where is it? Where is it? I can't find it. <clears throat> oh, it's in the, the Patreon Discord if you want to know Troy's thoughts. Ah, good old Troy. So a little something extra for the Patreon backers. But, uh, yeah. This movie ranges in quality from meh to that's pretty good. I think the best is like the wraparound zombie movie thing. Oh, that was pretty good, but the uh, I like the Diary and Frank. Yeah, that was that was a a close second, just because of how ridiculous it was. And it, they have some real good bits with just like the, the cutting it weird and like when the guy turns into a clearly different guy when he gets thrown and. That's pretty great. Uh, Wadzilla is now on the the mess side of things. Like it's a twenty minute joke about sperm. That's I mean, as, as good as that could be. Yeah. I and they're playing it straight, which I guess is its saving grace. Like it's not a complete bunch of nonsense. And the teenage werebear is kind of the same for me. Like I appreciate the message behind it, you know. Like it, the message was very inclusive and in trying to, you know, be very LG. TBQ friendly, but it just is comes off weird. Which I guess part of it is because it's supposed to be like a 60s pastiche. But that muddles the message they were going for a little bit is all. And the absolute worst was like the three minute shit film one. That was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. That was, like, funny in the sense that you're like, oh, God, they're really going to do that, huh? Probably the scariest part of the movie, because I thought it was going to go on for more than, like, three minutes. Yeah, but it didn't, so that was cool. Yeah. So it definitely set me on the biggest roller coaster ride of emotion throughout the film, even though it was the shortest part. Except for Anne Frankenstein, that was the best part, was the fact that that didn't actually happen. Now, I'm pretty sure that happened. Well, I mean, we didn't have to watch it for 20 minutes. True. But, I mean, if you want to see something that's schlocky and leans a little more towards the dumb side, but is still overall probably fun, not everything they're doing hits, not everything is great, but it 
it, they definitely were paying homage to like a very specific kind of movie and they hit it for the most part. And even if it doesn't land, I mean, it's still good on them for, for doing it. Way to go. Use guys. Yeah. I say, yeah, sure. Watch it. I mean, it's long, but just watch the, until you get through the first, like, 10 minutes if you haven't completely wanted to just punch out after the first like 10 minutes then you probably will like it enough if you watch the first 10 minutes and you're like nope then you're it's not going to get better it sure doesn't it sure doesn't and uh next up is camp blood i believe as recommended by supposed alleged etc. cousin. Ah, uh, we're still going with those. Boy, he gave us so many movies. Yeah. Thanks, cousin Brad. I uh, don't think I've seen this, but who knows? After 400 movies, I can't keep anything straight anymore. I don't think I have either. But same, we've watched so many movies. I don't know anymore. I don't know what I want, what I have, and have not watched. So what if people want to, you know, talk at us or whatever? How would they do that? I don't know. You ask me? Yes, sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, wait, there's something I'm supposed to do here. Yes. You can find us on the Slaughterhouse Princesses because we're Facebook. Close. Yeah. You can head on over to slaughterhouseprincess.com for a whole big mess of information, like all the movies we have watched, the almost 400 of them at this point, for the love of everything, and your Chris Facts. And uh, you can email us directly at slaughterhouseprincesspodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we're on like iTunes and the, the Swisher, and YouTube, and the internet. You can bark at your Alexis to make it say Slaughterhouse Princess. You can go to Discord, Patreon, or store.slaughterhouseprincess.com. A big hello and thank you to our Patreon folk for all your patronage. Indeed. And, uh, yeah, we're on all the, the social medias there, I think. Two of them. Two ain't bad. Two's like all old. two. The, the, the two okay ones, you know what I mean? I don't know the rest. That's as good as I could have hoped for. We're not on MySpace anymore. Nope. Not from lack of trying. From lack of existing? Yeah. So come back next time for Camp Blood? Yep. Not next week. There won't be a podcast next week. True. There are prior obligations, so we're taking the week off. Mm-hmm. But the next week, there'll be a podcast. 
And while other podcasts think about movies, we're going to drink about movies. Bye. My mouse pad is my copy of my CD copy of Downward Spiral.